With people spending more time online, online dating has become more popular. But what could this look like in a post-pandemic world? In this episode, Alexandra Cleland speaks to people who rely on online dating to find love, to understand what the future of finding love will look like. My name is FOM Fodro, and this is Unravel. Um, hey, I'm Alex. It's nice to kind of meet you, I guess. Hello, I'm Connor. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> um, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I'm 23. Yeah, I, haven't, I, grad- I did journalism. Um, graduated in 2018, and now I'm working in legal stuff and everything. Very interesting. I'm also in journalism, so... There we go. There's something in common. Okay, that was awkward. (laughs) Is this really the fate of all the dates that I'm going to be going on now? I mean, now that the pandemic is finally coming to a close and we're all getting vaccinated and we can ditch those awkward Zoom and FaceTime dates, what does the future of online dating really look like? My name is Alex Cleland and look, I've been single for a while. It's been around four years now with Not much going on in my love life, mostly by choice, but I like to blame nearly two years in a global pandemic for my ongoing dry spell. During the peak of the stay-at-home order, I eventually caved and downloaded dating apps again. Some people love them, some people hate them, but it's a great way to match with strangers and people you went to high school with. This piece is going to give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to date in this post-pandemic world we live in. I wanted to ask some people on dating apps about their thoughts, but first, I had to find some people to match with in order to ask them. Let's take a listen and see how that went. Okay, so this wouldn't be a online dating podcast if I didn't put myself in the hot seat. So right now, I am totally candid. I am sitting in my bedroom that is messy and filled with dirty laundry, and I am just opening up tinder and i am going to scroll and describe to you guys what horrors or niceties i come across so mostly the demographic here i'm just outside of the gta in the suburbs and durham region and i'll tell you right away i've already seen three people i went to high school with (laughs) which is not all that great i mean i'm not really looking to go on dating apps and meet people that I already know I don't like from high school so we're not off to a great start um lots of ads on tinder now which I'm not a big fan of I don't really like seeing ads when I'm trying to swipe through people it gets a little annoying but hey it is what it is um oh so tinder has this new feature where after a few swipes you get a secret admirer And it says, you've got a secret admirer. Can you guess which card is theirs? And it shows four cards and you get to choose one out of the four. And it'll show you a person who's already liked you or swiped right on you, I guess. So I'm going to do the top left. And we have Justin, who is 32. It says he's into politics, sports, reading, travel, and working out. Which sounds just about like every other guy on the planet. So, so far, Justin's not sounding very unique. 
Um, he's got a sleeve of tattoos, backwards snapback, Ray-Bans. Actually not bad looking, to be honest with you. He's got blonde, swoopy hair and a beard. Oh, there's a picture with children and we get to play the classic, is that his niece and nephew or is he a dad? I'm not sure, let's check the bio. Oh good, there is no bio. Um, he's actually not bad looking. He might get, a, yeah, he's gonna get a swipe right for me. So we matched, that's exciting. But to be honest, I'm not the type of person to message first. I feel like that's just not my thing. I usually just use dating apps to mindlessly swipe on people. I don't really go out of the way to message them unless they message me and even then I'm really bad at replying. So not off to a great start. Um, next we have Brian who's 24 and goes to Wilfrid Laurier University. No, I'm not gonna lie. It says Brian's 24, but he looks like he's no older than 18. <laughs> Which, for context, I am also 24. But yeah, I mean, should I take the should I take the risk? He looks a little young, but I'm gonna take 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 a leap of faith and believe that he is 24. So Brian can get a swipe right. Next, we have Bart. He's 32, and it does not say what he's into. He also has no bio. I don't know what this trend is with guys not having bios, but we are three for three right now, and they don't have any bios. But um, Bart is holding a glass of whiskey in his first picture, wearing a suit. So it's giving me very, like, Damon Salvatore, Fifty Shades of Grey vibes, which I, I'm kind of into, but the no non-bio is making me question things. Um, he's cute. He's not bad looking. He's... He looks like he's half Asian, short black hair, a beard. Looks like he dresses well. Oh, he's got a picture. It looks like he's in Greece or something. It looks like he's tra he travels, so that's cool. You know what, Bart can get a swipe right too. Something that I found about the Tinder algorithm though is I have my age set. I'm 24, so my limits as far as like age range, just to like expose myself. I don't like dating younger guys. It's not really my thing. So like the oldest I'll go is like I'm 24, so probably like 30 is the oldest I'll go. So I have my my tinder dating age range at 24 to 30 so my age to someone who's 30 but sometimes the algorithm is kind of weird and it shows me guys who are like 45 and i'm like okay like you're old enough to be my uncle that's a bit much um next we have tyrell oh tyrell's really good looking okay but red flag tyrell's so tyrell out oh, first tyrell is 24 he his interests are grabbing a drink working out athletics food and sports so pretty generic again Surprise, surprise, he does not have a bio, just pictures. And okay, here's the red flag. Tyrell's first picture is him shirtless in the gym. And yes, Tyrell has like an eight pack. He's very good looking, but like I, f and oh, his second picture is also him shirtless. His third picture is him with a glass of wine. Next is him at a wedding, him with some girl in like a modeling shoot. So to me, this says to me that Tyrell is very narcissistic and I feel like just posting your first picture on your bio as like a picture of you either shirtless or like for girls even posting like in a bikini as your very first picture. I feel like that's just attention seeking. It's like, oh, look at my body. I know I'm hot. And I don't know. I think there's a difference between confidence and like cockiness and narcissism. So not to, I mean, I guess the whole point of Tinder really is to judge people based on their looks, right? Like that's all you really get is maybe a short bio, a few interests, and pictures. So based off of that, it's going to be a no for me. Look, I'll be real with you. I haven't gone on an in-person date with someone from a dating app since well before the pandemic started. Meeting a random person from a dating app is already awkward enough, 
But now that there are all these health guidelines and that dreaded, are you vaccinated question, it's more stressful than ever. Even though I've yet to tackle the in-person dating game, I decided to do the next best thing. I took to Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, or the big three, as I like to call them, and I asked people if I could interview them about their love lives in this post-COVID world we live in. But first, let me hit you with some numbers. According to the Wall Street Journal, dating apps saw around a 12% increase in usage during the past year. And according to an April 2020 survey from Statista, dating apps saw a 31% increase in profiles created during the pandemic in comparison to years before. Statista also currently estimated that there are 44 million dating app users in the U.S. alone. That's a lot of people. So based on all of this research, I found that the most popular dating app as of right now was Tinder. So I took to the app to see if I could get lucky and find some guys to speak to about their dating experiences. Okay, so most guys thought I was a complete weirdo, but some actually agreed. I took the time to chat with them on the app to make sure that they weren't, you know, serial killers. And then I decided to exchange numbers so I could ask them about the pandemic and meeting strangers during COVID. So, hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on my segment today. Um, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself for everybody. Uh, sure. My name is Anish. Um, I'm a fourth year student at Ryerson. Uh, I'm in my final year um, studying urban and regional planning. This is Anish. Turns out he's a fellow Ryerson student who is in his final year of urban planning. Just to give you a picture, Anish is tall, taller than me, which is an accomplishment. He stands at about six foot one with dark hair and dark eyes. He was cute. His photos showed he was into sports, particularly golf and hockey, and he seemed pretty social. Anish told me he's been using dating apps for most of the pandemic, but hasn't had much luck in finding true love. So I kind of wanted to talk to you today a little bit about online dating, and I've heard that you've kind of had some experience with online dating and using dating apps. So could you kind of just tell me what's going on in your love life right now? Um, well, I mean, I should have included this in my little intro, but I'm 21, um, right now. And so I found with, you know, the last year with the whole COVID thing, um, obviously it was really hard to, you know, meet people at restaurants, bars, clubs, things like that. So, um, I hopped on uh, a few dating apps to see, you know, how it would kind of go. I kind of got the feel that, uh, a lot of people, a lot of people were in, uh, a similar sort of situation so yeah i hopped on the on the apps and um had some success had some i don't know if you want to call them failures but uh maybe some not so successful uh encounters um but yeah it's been interesting to say the least it wasn't what i was really expecting i mean i think the big challenge right now is you know now that we've kind of gotten over the main covid hurdle it's really just going back out there and meeting people so, I mean, how would you feel now about, you know, being vaccinated and, you know, people are, places are opening up again. How do you feel about meeting strangers now that the pandemic has sort of calmed down? Um, I, I feel a lot better. I think personally, um, I found even, you know, with, with the dating apps and, and whatnot, um, I find it easier to approach people, you know, in person and kind of like, you know, shoot my shot face to face rather than, you know, over uh, you know, Tinder or Bumble or, or any of the other apps. So I'm very happy that we're back. I'm 
you know, obviously double vaccinated, wear my mask when I have to, so I always feel comfortable um, when we've gone out the past couple weeks. So I'm glad that, uh, yeah, we are getting back to how it was before. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, you've had sort of some success and some failures using dating apps. I don't know if you really want to go into detail about that, but did the, did the pandemic affect that at all? Or was that pre-pandemic? So how did that work? Um, I guess before the pandemic, you know, uh, I never really like prioritized my dating life or anything like that. I was sort of always, I always had the mentality that, you know, I'll get there eventually. And then with the pandemic and, you know, not being able, I guess, to pursue that, even though I didn't want to. Um, I figured, hey, you know, everyone's in a similar situation, so might as well uh, download these apps and then see what they're about. And I learned over time, I guess, that it was always my assumption that if you're, if you have a dating app, your intentions are uh, to find a relationship and meet new people. And I guess I found out over time that not everyone is on these applications for the same uh, reasons as I am. So that was interesting to to discover, I guess you could say. Yikes. So far, it looks like pandemic dating has been pretty rough, according to poor Anish. But hopefully, now that bars are back open, he can meet a girl the old-fashioned way. My crusade for dating horror stories continues with Connor. Yep, the one I had that awkward FaceTime date with you just heard at the start of the episode. Somehow, I reeled Connor back in and convinced him to chat with me. Connor and I had a FaceTime date way back last year, and he ended up getting a girlfriend, so things never really went far with us. However, I noticed that Connor was newly single since we still have each other on Instagram from previous interactions, and... I seized the opportunity to have him on the show. For context, to give you another picture, Connor is tall, seems like I have a type, <laughs> with blue eyes and shaggy blonde hair. He wears glasses and has a beard, and he's big into sports. Yep, just my type. So tell me a little bit about your your dating life. Like, What's going on in the love life of Connor right now? Um, not much, really. Just sort of taking it slow, seeing how the days line me up in the world and if something comes great if something doesn't it's whatever and have you been using dating apps oh yes i've been tender bumble um i tried hinge but i can't get over the fact that you need six different prompts and six different photos oh yeah way too much yeah i have a problem with hinge too because you can only have like 10 likes a day and i like to just swipe when i'm bored like, that's what I mostly use dating apps for. And then after I run out, I'm like, well, no, I can't do anything for the rest of the day. So, I mean, have you had, like, any 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 luck with Tinder? What have you been using it for? Or, or Bumble or any other apps? Um, yeah, I'm just using it just to talk to people, really. Just to see if anything could potentially line up. You know, have some conversations here and there. Some of them don't go anywhere. Others do. Others lead to, like, you know follows on Instagram, Snapchat, you know, exchanging numbers. Others are just like, hey, hello, how are you? And you never hear from them again. Yeah. Um, and what has it been like, you know, during the pandemic with just, you know, things being closed, people staying at home, were you still using dating apps during the pandemic? Uh, well, I was in a relationship until March of this year. So like oh. the worst of the pandemic, I wasn't really using it and that in itself was sort of weird so just like 
and even my relationship took a turn on its head. There was no longer like seeing each other often or having anything to talk about on a day-to-day basis because it was like the whole world just came to a stop. Right. And so now that things are kind of open back up and, you know, we can go out to restaurants and bars and stuff, has it changed? Have you gone out and met anybody? Have you gone on any dates? Or is it just sort of the, the texting and talking phase? Sort of the testing and talking phase, because I still think there's some level of anxiety from whether it's from my side or other people's side, you know, still sort of in that exiting phase of the pandemic where some people may not feel as comfortable going out and doing things as others do, or they're just not like ready to take that step out again after like 18 or so months of not being able to do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I've been in that boat too, where it's just like, you're in the texting and talking phase, but it's like weird to actually go and meet someone at a bar now. I think that's such a, a foreign thing. And I mean, as far as, you know, the future of your dating life now that things are opened up, like what do you see happening? Do you think that you're going to be more inclined to go out and meet people or just kind of keep it to texting and talking? Um, I'd be down to go meet people. I enjoy going out. I mean, it still feels kind of weird, you know, just going out on a weekend because spent so many weekends over the last year and a half just kind of like doing nothing and now it's like okay i can go out and do this i can go meet people still feels kind of awkward to like go up to someone and introduce yourself at a bar because you know you still gotta go on with the mask and everything (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like that's something that was awkward beforehand but now there's like the extra (laughs) hurdle of covid and wearing masks and all that that it's just it's so nerve-wracking I don't want to mask fish people. You <laughs> want to start off anything. I mean, that's definitely a thing. I feel like I'm way cuter when I'm wearing a mask because, like, you just get to like hide all the imperfections. So, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm glad they're not going anywhere anytime soon. But I think it's still awkward when you're in a bar and like, it's already so weird to just go up to someone and be like, "Hey, I'm Alex. Like, nice to meet you." Like, I think that's so awkward in of itself. But then it's also like, are they vaccinated or? Have they been like COVID safe? And there's just so many, so many different factors involved now with dating. I mean, I guess since you mentioned isolation, um, did you find, I mean, after your relationship ended, did you find that you were using dating apps more because of the COVID and the isolation or was it the same as before? Um, I certainly started using it more, although it felt weird because I'd spent essentially the last two years with the same person. So it was like just throwing myself back out there and like, hoping that I don't mess it up or start anything that, like, I realize is wrong or getting, like, ghosted. And I put that in air quotes because I think there's a difference between someone not being interested and someone legitimately ghosting yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've seen I've seen both situations where it's just, like, completely ghosted for no reason or, like, there's just no spark there. So I think both are valid, but... I feel like especially now, it's just people want to get back to normal and just go out and meet people and have a social life because we've been so deprived of that for the past two years. Okay, so far, not so good. After chatting with a few people on dating apps about their love lives, I was starting to lose hope and I kind of gave up. So I posted a call out on social media to see if anyone I knew had a friend of a friend or an acquaintance who got into a relationship during the pandemic thanks to dating apps. I was eventually connected to Sarah, thanks to social media. Sarah is a 25-year-old elementary school teacher in Oshawa. She told me she just got into her first relationship ever, thanks to Bumble. I was floored, and I had so many questions. I mean, at the moment, I have a boyfriend, but it's very new. It's about 
two to three months in. The rest of the pandemic, I was single. Um, I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, I definitely didn't want to date. I was more so concerned about not leaving the house. But, you know, as restrictions eased, you know, that first summer, I think a lot of people were trying to get out and meet new people and interact with others. And yeah, I, I definitely think myself, along with many others, were just eager to get back out there. <laughs> I was pretty nervous, I do have to say, just because I'm pretty hesitant at meeting people off of apps anyways. But um, during a pandemic, it just added a whole, like a whole other layer to the situation. Absolutely. So did you did you meet your boyfriend on a dating app or how did that go down? Fill me in. Um, actually, I met him about four years ago and we did have a connection then but I think in the moment I was just I wasn't I was a little scared of commitment (laughs) that's fair that's fair (laughs) but we reconnected um over the summer um actually I'm good friends with um his cousin and his cousin's girlfriend Oh, I see. Interesting. And so when you were using dating apps and stuff to meet new people, did you have any luck there? Were there any people that stood out or was it just kind of talking and never meeting or what was what was the situation? I mean, I, of course, there were, a, I mean, there was a lot of, I guess you can call it flirtationships where you would talk to someone the entire pandemic and then you would actually never meet them. Um, I, ha- I did meet a few people when on um, a few first dates. Um, a lot of them were walks in the park and socially distance, you know, coffee dates or just going by the lake and going for a stroll. Right. So you kind of kept it, you know, more outdoorsy and more sort of safe because of the COVID situation. Exactly. How has your boyfriend been with the whole COVID situation? And this new territory of dating, what's that been like? Um, I think he's been pretty fine with it. Um, Of course, like, there'll be situations where you're more worried than not. Um, But for the most part, he he seems okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. And I mean, what do you see for the future of, I mean, I know it's pretty early, but what do you see with the future of knowing this guy for so long and dating? Do you think it's gonna, it's gonna last? Do you think it's just a short term thing? Or what do you see happening? I mean, when I date someone and, you know, you make it official, you think of it as this is someone I will probably spend the rest of my life with, or that's at least how I look at it. I'm not going to go and make someone my boyfriend if I'm not completely serious about them. So I definitely think, and we've, we've had this chat many times, like we definitely think we will be together forever. Um... But I guess you never know what may happen. Oh, that's so cute. I mean, that's refreshing to hear because I feel like a lot of people just get into relationships for the sake of getting into a relationship without actually, like, planning for the future. So I guess it's cute that you guys have talked about it. Oh, definitely. We've definitely talked about, like, years down the line being married with kids already. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, If you have different views than someone, then obviously it's not going to work out and why waste your time? Absolutely. I completely agree. Now, feel free to call me narrow-minded or judgy, but I've always held the stigma that dating apps 
only really lead to casual flings or hookups. Dating apps have a bad reputation for that, and after hearing Sarah's story, I was really invested in finding someone else who found love in a hopeless place. Thanks, Rihanna. <laughs> and I did another social media call-out. But this time, I really wanted to talk to some guys about how they felt about hookup culture and what it was like to use dating apps for substance over something more casual. Enter Drew, a 21-year-old student from Ryerson who told me he was about to go on a third date with a girl. Drew told me he's never really been a fan of hookup culture and that when he dates a girl, he's in it for the long haul. That was so refreshing to hear and I needed to know more. So tell me a little bit about what's going on in your love life. What's going on in the life of Drew right now? What's going on in the love life of Drew? Okay, um, let's just say that we're slowly getting back into like the dating game. You know what I mean? Um, with the help of uh, dating apps, I've, you know, come to be more comfortable um, dating because I went through a pretty rough breakup uh, earlier in the year. And uh, I, I convinced myself that I wasn't going to, you know, date or fall in love within like another year or possibly more. I was just really, you know, anxious about the idea of dating again. But, you know, a lot of people just told me that, you know, time is the best healer and they were absolutely right. So I gave myself some time, you know, I focused on myself. And when the time came, AKA a month ago, I was like, hey, why not just jump back on a, some dating apps? So I downloaded the holy trinity of dating apps, uh, Tinder, Bumble and Hinge. And sure enough, as we're speaking, I'm, I'm actually preparing for my third date. So oh, no way. Tell me about that. So this is this girl uh, we met on Bumble. And it's really funny because if we're talking about like success and numbers, um, Tinder and Hinge were the most successful in terms of making matches. And Bumble was just like a desert. Like nothing was happening on the app really? until one day we matched and then we just hit off there. So I think that's pretty funny how that worked out. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it worked out. Okay, and so you say that you're meeting this girl and this is the third date. Is it the third date with her or just your third date in general with someone? This is the third date with her. Oh, okay. So then what was it like, you know, meeting her for the first time on the first date? Walk me through what happened with the whole, you know, COVID and expectations and the nerves. Walk me through that experience. It's funny you say that because, you know, meeting her, I didn't really think much of like the COVID thing because, you know, I'm double vaxxed. I've, you know, kept my measures in place. I, I'm, I'm fine. But... What really made me nervous was the whole idea of, you know, being the first date. And what's really funny is that my past two girlfriends, we've never, you know, did an official first date because the first one was, it, it kind of like started off as, okay, let's see where it goes from here. Whereas the second one, you know, it was during COVID. So it was all online. So I've never really had a first date. And for her, it was also first, like it was her first, first date. Um, so we were both going into it kind of blind. Um, you know, there obviously were moments where it got a little awkward and some awkward sounds occurred, but for the most part, like it went pretty smoothly. You know, she gave it a 10 out of 10 and <laughs> that, that's definitely good to hear. Um, so yeah, like nothing really concerned me in terms of like COVID. Obviously there are things to like watch out. Um, you know, you never know if people could be faking, like faking their vaccination on these dating apps because there's really no way to prove it. But other than that, you know, I'm not too concerned, but it's also really good to look out for these things. So where do you see the future of your love life going? Do you have any plans for this yet? Is it still too early? What's going on there? Man, that, that's a tough question. Um, 
whenever I date, I always go with the mindset. I know it's kind of like rough to go in with this mindset, but it's like if you're not dating to marry, you're dating to break up. And I'm not the kind of person to, you know, um, just hop around and like have one night stands and hookups and whatnot. Like I'm not really with hookup culture, you know, as tempting as and as like, you know, euphoric it sounds. But I'm just the kind of person, you know, get with a partner, settle down, um, you know, spend a good time with them. And even if I'm not, like, there for a long time, like, I'm always here for a good time, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, ultimately, I do want to find the one that I can, you know, spend my spend the rest of my life with, build a family, you know, them meet my family, I meet theirs, and, you know, grow old together, as sweet as it sounds and as cheesy it sounds. But that's ultimately, like, my goal. Uh, obviously, you know, there's many, there's plenty of fish in the sea, and, you know, a lot of them are going to bite on your bait when you cast it. Um, that's kind of like a really cheesy and corny analogy to give. But, um, yeah, there's going to be tons of people that you meet in your life, and, you know, not everyone's going to be for you, and that's totally okay. Like, I've learned, I've learned that, you know, twice, um, both the hard way. And... Yeah, like when I just go into it, I just think, you know, if this is the one, this is the one. If it isn't, it is. We move on. So maybe there is a light at the end of this never-ending tunnel. But talking to these strangers on social media and dating apps just isn't enough for me to get the full scope of the online dating scene. It's time to bring in the big guns. Shannon Tebb, who prefers to go by Shanny, is a renowned matchmaker in Toronto. Yep. Matchmaking is a thing. Her company, Shanny in the City, is known for having a roster of dozens of singles in the GTA, and Shanny handpicks matches from her roster based on compatibility, looks, goals, and everything else that people list in their profiles. Now, I'll be real with you guys. I honestly thought matchmaking was a thing back in, like, Shakespearean times. I didn't think it was a modern thing beyond swiping on strangers on your smartphone. This whole realm of paid matchmakers was so new to me, and I had so much to ask Shani about matchmaking itself and what it's been like setting people up during the pandemic. So as a dating coach, I coached a lot of singles over the years, and then I also started uh, like singles social events. So that's where kind of I brought everybody together. And then from there, I had this huge network of singles. So that's when I moved into matchmaking. And so I guess that now that things are starting to be more in person thanks to COVID, I mean, how has COVID-19 sort of changed the matchmaking game? Has there been um, any challenges there? Well, the thing is, what I would say as a matchmaker is people are definitely more picky than they were before. Um, I think people had time to sit with themselves and assess what's really important to them and the type of partner they're looking for. So now they're kind of not settling or they're not just going out there and meeting for like a Tinder drink or you know, going online and, and just meeting some random for a beer. It's more about being um, a little more intentional with their time and strategic with who they're meeting in person and if this person, you know, is, is going to be someone worthwhile for them. So they're a little more selective with just saying yes right away to a date. Right. And so then what's the difference between, you know, going and actually meeting a matchmaker and having that specific goal and just sort of meeting a random on Tinder? Is there kind of a different expectation there with people? Well, yeah, because as a matchmaker, I'm screening everybody. So there's that level of trust. Um, you know, th these are paying members, so they're invested in the service. With online dating, people aren't really paying for it. So it's kind of like a gamble. There's no 
real commitment, but with matchmaking, people are, you know, making that investment into their lives. So people tend to take it more serious. Um, and so then I guess since people are taking it more seriously, I mean, I think that now that, you know, uh, healthcare regulations are allowing us to sort of go out and meet people again, how is the dating game in Toronto sort of changed now that, you know, people are vaccinated and people are getting back out there? Well, also, and the thing with vaccinations is, you know, a lot of people, there is a break of like a breakdown between the non-vaxxers and the vaxxers. So a lot of my clients are vaccinated. So they're always like, make sure you match me with someone who's vaccinated. So there's that type of discussion to have before the date as well. Even if you're meeting someone online or organically, I think that's good to get that out in the open before you have a disappointing date where you can't get on a patio because he doesn't want to wear a mask or vice versa. So that's one situation to, to think about with dating again. Um, but yeah, I think people are more comfortable going into restaurants again, having dinner together. They're supporting restaurants. Uh, you know, still, still the activity dates are fun, but as the weather gets cooler, people are going to be doing more stuff like going to movies, uh, going to events again. Um, you know, uh, batting cages, anything indoors is now going to be a little more acceptable. And I think people are getting more comfortable with that. Um, and as far as, I guess, clientele too, I mean, are these sort of people that are more socially awkward or are they just busy people or does no, it depend? No, that's kind of a myth. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I think before, like, everyone would think, oh, matchmakers, like, it's all, like, ugly, socially awkward, weird people. And if anything, it's the opposite. It's people that are just really busy, like busy professionals that want confidentiality. They don't want to be online and exposed. And yeah, they don't have time to do all that like messaging and swiping. It's just very transactional for them. So instead it's like, we have experts in all areas of, of our lives, right? Like personal trainers, uh, you know, someone to help with financing or um, interior design. So why not think about matters of the heart, like your dating lifestyle? And, and I know a lot of singles I work with have kind of put that on hold for a while. And I work with a lot of like women in their thirties that are like, oh my gosh, Annie, I thought I would meet somebody by now and it didn't happen organically. So, you know, help me. I want to have kids. I want to find somebody. I want to share my life with someone. So there is that like, you know, intention to get things moving. And that's where I come in. So basically I manage your dating lifestyle. Like I'm doing all the work behind the scenes. Sure. So, I mean, I guess the one thing I, I think I'm really curious about just from, I guess, a knowledge perspective is I guess after the, the initial consultation, when someone becomes your client, like how do you get started with finding someone that might be right for them? Like what's the process of finding a match? Well, I just look at my database and read all the profiles and Matt and, and then I share a profile. So the, the, you know, I swap the bios at the same time. If it's both a yes, then they go out on an introduction. If one person says no, then I have to re I have to start over and find them a new match. And so if you do find them a match, are you the one who sets up the date or do they kind of communicate and set that up themselves? I kind of let the gentleman do that himself uh, because I'm super busy with other stuff. Like it's, I'm not like a dating concierge, but I can definitely, you know, if somebody's like, hey, I want to go take her to Yorkville, where are some restaurants you recommend there? I know the city well, so I can... I can definitely assist with like where to go and what to do. But a lot of times the guys have good ideas and they kind of do the date planning on their own. I mean, I guess just my, I, you've given me a lot of really interesting information. I find all this stuff really fascinating. I didn't, I didn't know that <laughs> much you. about it until now. So now I'm just, I'm, I'm so interested yeah, in all of this. It's fun. It is. I, I honestly didn't even know it was a thing in Toronto because I just, I just thought that most people rely on like 
Tinder and Online Bumble dating. and yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. I didn't know that there was such a, a specific and personalized dating option out there. It's getting really, it's getting more and more popular. And I think especially during COVID when people were trying the online thing and that didn't work, then they started sourcing out matchmakers even more. Like I had a, I was very busy, you know, these past two years and now it's like crazy again. Like people are really starting to, you know, get out there and wanting to meet people. But even during COVID, people still required human connection. And even if they were connecting virtually with somebody like through, uh, FaceTime or Zoom or like, you know, I was coaching people on how to land a second virtual date, <laughs> like how to make the first virtual date really fun and like play music and like light a candle and meet for happy hour. Just make it a little more fun, right? Not just like, oh, hi. I mean, I feel like especially after COVID hit, I think the first few months, a lot of people sort of felt that isolation and that like loneliness mm -hmm. kind of start to hit. So did you find that you started to have more clients after that sort of isolation period started to set in? I feel like people were still quiet. I think people really started to look for more coaching when honestly, actually, I would say like now, like when things are starting to open up, they've been so socially awkward for so long, like by themselves that now they're needing almost like the re the re um like to go over like what do i talk about on a date like you know all that stuff date communication keeping momentum the initial approach how do i you know go up to somebody i like so people were feeling rusty with all that because they were unsocialized so i if anything i felt like the coach like right now the coaching's crazy like i'm dating co i'm selling packages for dating coaching i'm meeting like i have a in-person meeting today we're doing like a mock date, so pretending we're actually on a date, and how does that look, and what what are we talking about, and teaching him like how to show up on a date. Oh, that's so interesting. Tell me more about the mock date. That's so interesting. So, do you actually like set up a like a pretend date with some clients and actually like walk through how to how to yeah how to yeah be? like we're, well, I'm gonna pretend I'm his date today, so it's like just me and him in my office, and we're just gonna create a scenario like we're at a restaurant or I'm walking in. Like from the step that like the date starts till the end. So just just go over that. The most important part I think is date conversation and, and being able to really connect with your date and may, not make it feel like it's an interview. So a lot of people struggle with that. They're like, Shani, I don't know, like, I just don't know how to really connect with somebody or, you know, I'm, I'm asking them about all these things, but in the end, they're just like not wanting to see me again. So I, so when they come to me, I'm able to assess everything. Like maybe it's their image. Maybe they need like to fix their eyebrows or get a haircut. Like maybe it's little things like that that's tweaking that's going to make them show up and, and feel more presentable. So I look from the inside out. And when I do my dating coaching, it sounds funny, but I don't even prepare for it. Like I just go into the meeting and they talk and I coach on the spot because that's the most authentic way to really help them. And I don't, I don't want to prepare something that they may not discuss. So really, it's just about listening to the client and what what their struggles are, and dig deeper and pull all that out. Well, there you have it. After hearing some pretty mixed reviews and feelings about dating apps in our very complicated post-COVID dating environment, I think I'm ready to take the plunge and set myself up on my first in-person date in nearly two years. <laughs> I mean, I'm already biting my nails in anticipation and kind of freaking out about the idea, but 
that's a tale for another day. And maybe the future forecast from my love life isn't so hopeless now that I've heard all these different perspectives on the issue. This episode of Unraveled was produced by Alexandra Cleland. I'm your host, Efwam Fodro. Our associate producer is Taha Hashmani, and our executive producer is Elena Duluigi. Special thanks to John Powers for composing our theme music, and Ben Shelley for creating our podcast artwork. Our professor is Amanda Capito, and special thanks to Lindsay Hanna and Angela Glover.